Hi, folks. On this episode of the Plugin America Show, I catch up with Plugin America Executive Director Joel Levin, and we review the numerous changes made since he took over the reins at Plugin America over a year ago. We also review last fall's National Drive Electric Week. We talk about our newly remodeled website and much more. But first, please consider signing up for the Plugin America newsletter. It's free. Or joining or donating to us by visiting pluginamerica.org today. And we appreciate your kind support. Also, please be sure to visit pluginamerica.org and click the Press Room and Plugin America show tabs for the show notes and links to this episode. And a quick programming note. After the president-elect assumes office next month and we learn more about the policy landscape ahead of us, we'll certainly be keeping you informed about what's going on, how Plugin America intends to address concerns and offer solutions, and what you can do to help. Hey everybody, welcome to another Plug in America show. I'm your host, Bob Tregillis. Joining us today is Plug in America's Executive Director, Joel Levin. Joel has been an advocate for low carbon technologies and a frequent speaker and writer on topics relating to electric vehicles, clean energy, water policy, and climate policy prior to joining Plug in America. Joel served as Vice President for Business Development at the Climate Action Reserve, the California State Chartered Nonprofit that runs North America's largest carbon offset registry. Uh, Joel drives a Nissan Leaf. Welcome back to the Plug in America show, Joel. Thank you very much, Bob. And uh, I guess you took over the reins at Plug in America about, oh, what, 12, 13, 14 months ago? How has the last year been going? You know, it's really been an incredible year. I, when I look back at, at all the things that have changed and all the developments with Plug in America, it, I'm just amazed and, and really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. It's really been a year that I would say we've, we've kind of rebuilt the organization in a certain sense. Um, over the past year, we have a new website, which hopefully people have seen, uh, which was really designed to be a one-stop shop for all the kinds of useful information that you would need um, around EVs. And uh, really from the perspective of Plug in America, you know, it's, it's written by EV drivers for EV drivers. So very practical, hands-on information uh, we've built out our staff. We now have a staff of nine full-time or part-time employees. Um, some of them remote. Some of them are based in our new office in Los Angeles. We've really built up the finances of the organization. We're a lot stronger than we were a year ago. And um, we have a, a new program working with dealers that we've just uh, launched. And I just feel like we've, we've really kind of rebuilt the organization and we're positioned to do some pretty exciting things in the next year. So anyway, yeah, why don't we talk a little more about National Drive Electric Week since it has, you know, it's kept growing. It was National Plug-in Day, I think is what it was before. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then we decided to go out, make it out to a week because just one day wasn't working out for folks. So we have events over a course of a week now for the last couple of uh, iterations. So there was 235 events in 212 cities and seven countries. Um, what You mentioned Canada. Do you Can you name a couple others off, off the top of your head? Sure. Uh, we had a lot of events in New Zealand this year. Oh, uh, wow. Interestingly enough, New Zealand is really kind of stepping up uh, on EVs. Uh, I believe we also had them in Hong Kong, Denmark, uh, 
Croatia, and I think there was one in Italy. And I would expect that to keep growing. Europe, the EV market in Europe has really taken off. And uh, my guess is that we'll probably see more and more events there as well. And actually in Canada, it's really taken off. Quebec uh, just made a really strong commitment to EVs. So my guess is we'll see a lot more activity there. Um, And in general, Canada really stepped up on climate policy. Right. And importantly, though, what I noticed here, which really stands out to me, is that we had events in uh, 46 U.S. states. So that leaves four more to go for us to complete. And I remember in the first couple of times we've had uh, National Plug-In Day and then later the National Drive Electric Week, we were only covering 20 states, 22 states or so. So the growth in states is pretty, pretty interesting. Yes. So if you know any EV drivers in I think it's Mississippi, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Montana. Send them to us, and we want them to (laughs) do events for us. Right, next uh, fall. Um, Then we had 120,000 attendees that were reported. You know, of course, I guess those are kind of soft head counts. And uh, over 7,000 test rides, which is always the big deal, is getting the butts and seats, and that's usually what sells EVs. Um, Have you heard any stories from anybody that took a test drive and decided to go out and buy or is that not filtered oh, to you? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We hear all kinds of anecdotal stories about people who test drive and then buy. Uh, in fact, you generally see uh, a big, big spike in EV sales the month after Drive Electric Week. That's we've, we've seen that for a number of years. We That's why we do it. We've found that people are always surprised. They get into a car, they put the pedal down and it's like, whoa, this thing really goes. Uh, and it's not just Teslas; it's all the, the more moderately priced ones as well, too. Um, you know, I've I've been saying for a while now, if we could just get every person in this country to spend ten minutes in an EV and just go drive around the block, uh, it, this would be a whole different discussion. Because it's not just about all the environmental benefits and the economic benefits; it's just a better drive. You know, it's just a yeah. better drive. And if people understood that, it'd be a whole different discussion. Yep, smooth, quiet, doesn't jerk around, and all that stuff. So now you've had a year and you've built out the staff and raised uh, some funds and got, you know, the organization more high profile and trying to get involved on the policy side of things. What uh, what are we looking forward to? I mean, one of the big milestones that's going to be happening is there's another, well, maybe not. You know, we have the Nissan Leaf out there. It's been out there for several years now. You know, General Motors is making the Chevy Bolt with the B. Uh, it will be coming out at the end of the year, and that's uh, a highly touted uh, medium-range commuter-type car, over 200-mile, all-electric range. Uh, so that should be you know, something that might change, change things around a little bit with, uh, with EV sales. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I think we're on the cusp of a new generation of EVs that is really going to change the whole discussion, you know, up until now, people have always said, well, you know, I'd like to get an EV, but the range isn't quite what I'd like it to be. Uh, and range range has actually been creeping up. I mean, the, the pretty much the standard today for EV is 100 miles plus for new EVs, which is, you know, is a change from what it was even a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that in another 18 months, let's say, or two years, the standard is going to be 200 miles plus. I think the, the 100 mile cars as new vehicles, I think are going to get pushed out of the market, you know, because... There's the Bolt, which is coming soon, you know, in the next six to eight weeks. It's supposed to start hitting dealers. There's the 
Tesla Model 3. The, a number of other automakers have said that they're working on 200-mile cars, and I think they're all going to have to. I think that you know, once there's two or three or four in the market, that's going to be the standard. And if you want to market an EV, it's got to be in that range. Otherwise, no one's going to buy it. So I feel like we're really at a turning point where range is going to be much less of an issue than it was historically. Right. Um, and I think that we saw, you know, the big question is, will that change the demand for the cars? And we got our first taste of that when the Tesla Model 3 went on sale back in March. <laughs> and Tesla had 400,000 people put down a $1,000 deposit on the car, even though they understood it wasn't going to be out for a couple of years. And that just gives you a sense that, like, people are really interested in these cars. I, I think that once the 200-mile range cars are on sale, you're going to see it. I think the demand for these cars is going to be really large. The whole discussion is going to be really different. Right. So besides continuing uh, being one of the prime organizers in the National Drive Electric Week uh, thing, because, of course, we're kind of, we're co-sponsors with Sierra Club and uh, Electric Auto Association, what other role will Plug in America be taking then going forward as more of these kind of consumer mid-range oriented EVs make it to the market? Well, I think one area we're going to continue to focus is to try to be a single source of useful, practical, objective information for consumers about the vehicles. So we've really we've built our website to be you know one place where a consumer can go and find out about all the cars on the market. And again, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're, we don't get any kickbacks from anybody. We have no advertising on our website. Our goal is just to get useful information out to people. So we're a nonprofit. <laughs> we're a nonprofit, and we don't take advertising on the website. So all the vehicles on the market, all the charging infrastructure that you can buy, available public charging, all of the different state rebates and benefits and utility rebates and benefits and things like that that are available, a list of all the different electric vehicle clubs that are out there, and then just a range of practical, useful information that only Plug-in America can offer you because it comes from the experience of driving the cars. And we've got the world's deepest bench of experienced drivers who've been driving these cars in some cases for 10, 15 plus years. And so our, our goal is to sort of share information with the public about the realities of having an EV, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly in a way that people find valuable. And so I want to continue to build that out, that function for us as a source of information. And then in terms of policy, I over the next year, I see us getting much more involved in state-level policies to support the cars, kind of encouraging more and more states to pick up best practices to encourage EV ridership, drivership. So more rebates, carpool stickers, support for public charging, uh, building codes that make it easier to uh, install charging infrastructure. So, for example, building codes that encourage people to build new buildings that are charger-ready, so they've got 220-volt lines going to the garage or places where cars we park because once you've got the conduit in place it's pretty cheap and simple to install a, a charger but if you if you don't have the conduit in place it's a huge pain to retrofit so at the moment that buildings are built if you have the right codes in place it really doesn't add hardly anything to the cost of the building but it makes a ton cheaper to put charging in so a lot of things like that uh will be involved with uh mostly at the state level some somewhat local we already talked a bit about uh, our, our focus for national policy this year. 
Right, right. Yeah, it's the. I kind of laugh with the with the policy of, of putting in the conduits and so forth before you know during the building stage and getting those empty conduit ducts in there so that later you can put the EVSEs in, especially in multifamily dwellings. Uh, mostly because I remember reading about that that uh, the city of Vancouver in British Columbia did that like over a decade ago, <laughs> mandated that. And, of course, we're running a little behind in the United States, but it's good that local jurisdictions are starting to look at those things and include them into their building codes. It's really, really important. So in the remaining minutes, uh, what, uh, what, what should people do? I mean, We've got the find a plug-in vehicle site on our on our website at Plug in America. It used to be the plug-in vehicle tracker, I think is what we called it before, but now it's find plug-in vehicles and you can sort by make and class and all that stuff and you can see what your federal and state incentives are. How can people get like more involved? I mean, can can just the general public contribute to say the Plug in America blog at all? You know, would yes. we solicit blog post <laughs> absolutely if people have ideas of questions that we they would want answered so we've actually just started a new feature called ask the ev expert and so people send us questions that they have practical questions about uh evs and we will get one of our team to answer them and do like little short 30 to 60 second videos and and uh send them around so um, if you've got ideas for those, certainly send those to us. Uh, we have a page on our website um, called uh, EV Stories. So if you want to share your EV story with the world, that is great. Basically, send us a paragraph or two about your experience with your EV and then a photo or a short video, and we'd be happy to uh, post those online. Uh, we don't have space for all of them, but you know, send us what you got. So those are great because we find that Nothing sells EVs like people really connecting with the drivers, you know, having talking, understanding who the drivers are. Um, actually, you know, the best thing that people can do, take your friends for a ride. That is the most powerful <laughs> thing exactly. for real. You got an, an EV and, uh, you know, your neighbors or your relatives or friends are curious about it, take them for a drive. That is the most powerful thing that you can do because... Like I said, once people get in those cars and they find out that they're not little tin boxes, the whole discussion changes. People are surprised. It's right. not just the Teslas. It's even the moderately priced cars. Oh, heavens, yes. So yeah. And then, then after taking them for a drive, take them into the house and show them the website, pluginamerica.org, and show them where they can find out all kinds of more, more things about EVs and ask questions and so forth. Uh, and, of course, Plug in America has a Facebook page, and you can, you know, make posts there and stuff, and we might – we. We'll probably respond to anything that you post there if 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 it's something of a question type type stuff. Um, any final words, Joel, yeah. before we go? Well, you know, we've we, we uh, just to to follow up on your Facebook. We've gotten much more active with our Facebook and Twitter, and we do have very regular posts now, and we respond to people, and we're trying to get a good dialogue going. But I would say my my last kind of big thought is that the most powerful salespeople for these cars are the drivers. The, drive, the reason that these cars are taken off is because the drivers are the ones selling them, the, the convincing people, that people love these cars and people love to talk about them, and that's, that's what's going to move the needle on the cars is the drivers you know, sharing things with their friends and, and getting out there. That's what it's all about. Absolutely, Joel, and uh, I hope we have 
more good years to go with <laughs> with people buying plugins and plugging in. Thanks, Joel. My pleasure. Thank you, Bob. This has been another edition of the Plugin America Show. Thanks so much for listening. And please help us get the word out about Plugin America and EVs by pointing your friends and family to the Plugin America website at pluginamerica.org. There you'll find a wealth of information about EVs, our plug-in vehicle tracker that tells you what EVs are available, what's coming and when, a blog, information about EV chargers and public charging, multimedia content, promotional materials, and much more. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us there. If you'd like to find out more about me, my name is Bob Tregillis, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well. And please remember, Plug-in America is a non-profit electric vehicle advocacy group, and our work is supported by your generous donations. Please consider donating by visiting pluginamerica.org today, and we appreciate your kind support. Thanks to Anglegord, whose music was used here by permission. And until next time, remember, at Plug-in America, we drive electric, and you can too. <laughs>